Now listen closely. They will attack your eyes till nothing remains but two bloody sockets. Ladies and gentlemen, my subject is disturbed tonight. Her world is disturbed. Now I saw those bodies and whoever mutilated them has a very special problem. There's nothing to be afraid of. Stay Scary Podcast. So, uh, welcome to Stay Scary Podcast, a very silly podcast about very serious horror. My name is Lisa McColgan. I'm Ian Kiefer. And here's our guest. Introduce yourself. Hey, everyone. I am Alex Rich J. It's nice to be here. And so um, there's a story, I guess, because uh, I, 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 this is my first time meeting you, but uh, you and Yin kind of know each other. So what's the what's the backstory yeah. there? So do you yeah. want do you want to tell the story, Alex, or do you want me to tell the story? It doesn't matter. You know, I want to hear it. I want to okay. hear your side of it. Yeah. Okay. I'd like. Uh, so I found you by accident. Uh, This woman that is a mom of one of the kids that my daughter goes to school with was driving down the Fells Way in like near Wellington Circle. And um, she was like, oh my gosh, we've got entertainment again. And then there's this beautiful, thin, muscular man in his underwear, giving it his all. And dancing, and he had some moves, let me tell you. And I was like, <laughs> he looks like an interesting guy. What the hell is his story? And then, like, there was all of these comments, and they're like, oh, I found him on Instagram. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm gonna see what this guy is about. And I was like, oh my gosh, look at this guy. It's so you're like, I kind of look at it as performance art. Um, yeah. I think that you've right got on. a story that you're trying to tell with your dance. And I, yeah. think, and I think it's beautiful and I think it's very bold. So that's why I reached out Thank to you. you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. I just, uh, I figured that was the story, but I didn't know the full blow by blow. No, so it, it, that, started, it started with um, like, you know, suburban housewife moms going, oh my gosh. And me going, <laughs> I want to know that guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so I have, um, I'm, I am a, a little bit aware of the, the Medford moms fan club that apparently exists out there for me. No uh, shit, you have a fan club? <laughs> no, <laughs> there's just one who tells me that, you know, they're always texting each other when I happen to be out there, which seems pretty reasonable. I mean, you know, I'm out hey. there a lot. And, you know, the story is, is there is a story, but there's also a shorter shorter story which is that it's a really good place to dance (laughs) Uh, (laughs) there are some practical uh practical reasons why it's why i do it right there like first of all there is no goose poop there (laughs) and that's that's something in this in this area it is really yeah you can't you can't um find a flat spot like four square feet that's not going to, at some point, have geese who, who take up residence. Uh, the other it's raised. Uh, the dogs also don't pee there. Uh, it's protected on all sides by traffic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you have like a little triangle slab of concrete and a pole. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, I definitely have a couple of poles that I use for certain pole type moves. 
you know, I try not to put too much weight on them because they're public property. Right. <laughs> so, but the other reason I do it there is like uh, the impact, you know, I'm a big guy for, you know, for my size. And I live in a, a place where if I jump up and down that much, my neighbors are going to come knocking. They will be like, what? You're shaking our whole lives up. <laughs> so, so that's a good, that's a spot I can get out to and really, really, like you say, go for it. Um, and, and, uh, it might seem really public and it, it certainly is, but it's also very safe because mm-hmm. of how public it is. Um, there's like cameras, there's, there's eyes on me all, all the time. Uh, if the sun goes down, there's some really good street lights. Uh, so like, at least right now, when I have an excuse, like, Hey, there's no real dance studios around easy to get to, right. you know, with, with no issues. So that's a spot that I bring that to. Now, why I do it in my underwear, I <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah, that's, that's a longer story. But I would do it in my underwear anywhere. That's just the spot ends up working out. Right on. Right Was on. this something that came out of COVID for you? Uh, well, I've actually been dancing in my underwear around uh, for a long time long before COVID, I used to do it in Waltham. Um, that <laughs> take some nads, man. <laughs> right on Moody Street. I Damn. would be running up and down. Um, and, and uh, you know, I've always had to deal with like a police response at some point or another. And um, so like usually the cops will come out wherever I am because it's legal, but people will call them and 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 call them them until they just feel like they should send someone out. Um, And that happens pretty fast on on the Fells way. (laughs) That would get the the cops, you know, they eventually come out and for like weeks, it was the state troopers and they would come out and talk to me. They are, and they would get the calls. Um, but I just had to keep working with them, keep working on it, like not compromising, you know, my rights to free expression, but then also not trying to like create conflict directly with the police. <laughs> so one of the questions I asked the the mom group, I'm like, well, did you at least tip him? <laughs> <laughs> and so like, are you, do you keep like a tip jar no. out there? and Or do you want tips for something like that? Not usually. If it's a five, I'll take it or or bigger. Um, Yesterday um, and then earlier in the summer when there was less COVID, I was more willing to take things. But yesterday, the guy in a truck stopped to try to give me a dollar. And I was just like, I already have a dollar. Thank you. So uh, if I do get tips, though, I leave them in the pole. Um, there's holes in these in the street in the street poles, and I leave them there. And then I like motion to one of the the homeless people to like go look at the pole. So I don't because there are other people there trying to get money, and so I don't like if I get any money, I just I leave it and, and make sure to pass it on. Yeah, that's a mitzvah. Yeah, uh, it's also like karmically balanced, sure. right? Like. No, you know, everything I get, I pass along. And that's, that's something I, I like. So, so we talk, so we're talking about 
uh, like how we met the other piece of it. And I don't know if you want to talk about this or not, is that on your Instagram, you point to your YouTube channel and mm-hmm. you are also known as the gay rabbi. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that is a recent thing. Um, and to talk I, about that a little bit. Oh, of course. Okay. If you, yeah. Uh, um, uh, absolutely. I'm happy to talk about as much as you want. That is uh, a recent persona that's part of a sort of complicated and and um, politically messy reach back into my youth growing up as an Orthodox Jewish gay teenager. Um, usually in the Orthodox Jewish community, you grow up as Orthodox Jewish and then you like exit your schooling or institution at some point and then maybe you become gay uh, or tell people that you are obviously and so for me I did this thing where I actually just came out and went to an orthodox Jewish school Um, so that created like this very particular reputation for me in the orthodox Jewish community that I've had ever since then sort of this like shadow fame (laughs) <laughs> where like I am whispered about like but there's no official like recognition of this place that I occupied but you know while I was there at the school like it was it was a subject in every class everyone knew I was gay and we were there for 10 hours a day and every single class we'd go to like that could come up in the religion classes it was not a place with a lot of educational oversight when the rabbis were in charge, because it's not like the colleges have standards for like Talmud curriculums or, or your Bible class. You know, if we did well in biology, that was good. And science classes were just very straightforward classes. Mm-hmm. But then we'd, we'd switch over into like learning Aramaic and, 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 and then it would, it would be my job to argue with the rabbi about sex and sexuality and sort of be a representative. Mm. Um, So more recently I was delving into those issues as part of like, how do I deal with my mental health during COVID? Uh, Where do I, what do I do when I need to talk to someone? So I started making these videos I called therapy videos and all of this kind of snowballed out of that until I made, these Torah study videos because the school that I went to, like they still teach this very orthodox theology mm-hmm. of, of like why it's not okay to be gay. And I, I don't want to get too explicit for your podcast. I don't know. No, no, I mean, listen, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm years and years of Catholicism and, and now I'm a practicing witch. Um, and so theology <laughs> Uh, so I, I also had a theology minor. So, you know, this, this stuff is always interesting to me. And I think, um, you know, religion and, um, orthodoxy and, you know, monotheism always plays a big part in horror. So you go. Alex, just so you know, a year ago we did, um, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to our holiday special or our Christmas special, but it wasn't a Christmas story until we talked about uh, our friend getting a giving a blowjob underneath a casket at a funeral okay. where there was a pa- pa- where there was a party going on. And so, anyway, continue. Anything, anything goes, my dude. It goes. It all goes. <laughs> so, so then um, the thing that Orthodox Jews do when it comes to being gay is they 
they will say there's nothing wrong with being gay. There's just, you know, you can't have gay sex. And they focus in on how gay sex is forbidden, but not gay same sex attraction. Same with Catholicism. Same with yeah. wait, a minute, wait a minute. Wait, hold on. Let me get this straight. So oral sex is sex. Anal sex is sex. Mutual masturbation is sex. And heterosexuals do those things and gay people do those things. So why is all anything, anything that is not missionary with the lights out is sodomy. And in Judaism, you can have whatever types of sex you want. Oh, if interesting. You're married. Okay. Yeah, you can absolutely um, do it all. There would be, uh, they, they might tell you that it's best if the man finishes inside of the woman, um, but that's, you know, that can, that's definitely like more of a strict interpretation. Uh, there's very much like a sex positivity within heterosexual marriage. Okay. And, you know, the difference between oral sex and mutual masturbation and anal sex, uh, either receiving or giving is actually part of the problem with uh, the Orthodox discussion, because the prohibition comes from, you know, these, these two sentences in the Torah. And they basically say, you cannot lie with a man as you lie with a woman. And that leads <laughs> Jewish people to say, what is that? What is lying with a man as one lies with a woman? You have these full books written by Jewish scholars about you know, whether or not penetrative anal sex counts or oral sex and how you could have, you could be gay and have a gay marriage and, and like just never have anal sex and that would probably not be violating this prohibition. And that is all like, the problem is that that trickles down into the education at the school that trickles down to like 13 year olds. And this is where it's like, it becomes like almost even hard to talk about. I, I uh, was on YouTube and one of the videos I made was very popular. The most popular one that spread through the community was eventually removed for sexualizing children because it was a story of me at this school and my experiences dealing with the way the rabbis would like speak to us about the prohibition on gay sex. And they like really pride themselves on, you know, like teaching you everything and, and treating kids like adults. But it leads to this feeling of like, let's say, let's just move it up to when you're, you know, let's say you're in college an Orthodox Jewish college and, um, which there is one, it's called Yeshiva University, it's in New York. If you are a gay man there, you know everyone there is going to be thinking about what type of gay sex you have and whether or not that type is particularly forbidden. And they're gonna, you're gonna feel like they're looking at you and, and thinking about either what you're gonna do with your penis or your butt or your mouth and it's so invasive yeah yeah imagine if you're dealing with that that discourse and you're not in college you know and you are still growing up then that that's that's not going to be experienced as like well adjusted relation to yourself and and there's no chance so the school right now still says you can come out as gay and like you won't be kicked out but if you do any sort of, you know, 
gay activities, then, you, you know, that's still forbidden, which for the record should be for the heterosexual students also. And there's no special, like, we're going to kick you out if we find you dating rule for, for like, you know, when boys want to date girls and vice versa. And so they still won't sign this pledge. It's like mm. called the Eshel pledge that schools that are more on the liberal side of the curriculum in Judaism will sign that says they will not expel gay students for in any way, shape or form being gay. So I graduated from this school and I am, you know, coming for them on this. Like I talk about it, I connect it to how how sexual some of my performance art is. <laughs> yeah. And it's connected to why I'm out there being very publicly in my underwear. Because part of that experience for me was like they sort of took away any feeling I felt of having privacy or separation from public scrutiny of my body. And like this is a lot more healthy than, than what than what they did. So if people come to me and they're like, why are you doing this? Why are you, why are you like this? I'm like, well, it's kind of because of these other people are like this. Mm-hmm. And at least this is fun and people yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, uh, so, there needs to be an equalizer there. I think there needs to be somebody yeah. out there that's kind of tipping the scale in the other direction or else things become very imbalanced. So you're bringing so, balance to the universe. <laughs> Yeah. And so the final point, I guess, is like I'm I'm on this long, slow push against them. Like I've, they know what I'm doing. The entire faculty there has seen my videos. They know what I'm about. They know I have plans to point a spotlight on them. And my point to them is that the more people hear that there's this this place right in Brookline, Massachusetts, that's still like teaching you know, kids about the different types of forbidden gay sex instead of just being like, that's not an important part of our curriculum. Like, here's our policy because we live in 2020. And if you need to learn the particulars of the Orthodox Jewish Jewish view on that, like that can happen in college. Here, we don't operationalize that because it's a school. And that's not hard. I just said it in 10 seconds. I keep just saying it in places and and people will hear it and it sounds very reasonable now and they don't realize that it's going to catch up with them. I just know it's it's long, slow process. So for the next six months, I'm, uh, I'm going to be getting more strong, more notably muscular. I'm, um, you know, it, it's, it's almost superficial, but it's uh, people. Other people have tried to change this institution for a long time. And this is a weird, wild plan that I'm coming up with. And a lot of it involves, frankly, me becoming really attractive and really charismatic and then having an effect when I send this message out that like this extremely charismatic, like healthy looking individual is someone who I want to listen to. And um, well, for what it's worth, worth, Alex, I think that you're an extremely charismatic (laughs) and attractive person, you know, now I don't I don't know if you need to wait six months. No, but listen, listen, if you want to get swole, and do it. I'm, I'm all, yeah, be swole, bruh. Be swole. There's, yeah, the six months is uh, mostly so I can wait out the winter and finish my Invisalign. So, uh, um, so now we've I, got like the background. We've got to get the background. The gay rabbi here right. to talk with us today about Judaism and horror, right? So much. There's a lot of horror <laughs> in Judaism. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm not just, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about Jewish history. I'm talking about Judaism straight up, right? Just from the oldest stories. Which, which did you want to talk about today? Well, there's, uh, there were three movies that I looked at. Um, Lisa, I don't know which ones you looked at, but I looked at uh, the 2019 movie Hanukkah. Yeah, I watched Hanukkah. With uh, Sid Haig, who is uh, royalty and God rest his soul. Um, this was his last movie. Uh, he was in The Devil's Rejects, House of a Thousand Corpses, and he plays the killer in this movie. And Dick Miller, who also um, is in this, this was his last movie also. And uh, he was in Gremlins, which I, I still will say is a Christmas movie. Um, but both of them... Um, of course Gremlins is a Christmas movie. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the one of the movies. Um, I looked at Gollum, and I also looked at The Possession. Um, what did you look at, Lisa? I mean, I watched Hanukkah, um, and, uh, you know, uh, I didn't see the other ones, but, you know, you know I'm always game to talk about uh, Catholicism and horror. Um, you know, I grew up um, Catholic, and there's a... There's a lot of gore in Catholicism, uh, just as there's a, a lot of horror in the um, in the Old Testament. But what know. was Hanukkah about, though? Oh, God. I, I really it was yeah, a super interested. It was, it, it was made by a guy named uh, Ibn Mikgar, who is not Jewish, surprisingly, right? Um, but he uh, he consulted with his brother-in-law, who happens to be Jewish, on the making yeah. of this movie. So we had somebody who grew up in New York in a, in a very predominantly Jewish sex, section of town and, you know, felt very at one with the culture. I don't feel like the movie hit as much as they could have. I don't think the storytelling was very good, but. No, it wasn't. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a bad movie. Like it's a bad movie. It's an enjoyably bad movie, but I was actually very surprised at how much they did hit with this like Jewish serial killer um, putting putting the women in these uh, airsats horrible um, uh, mikvah baths. Like you know he you know the the women would be chained up in these like filthy like a filthy bathtub or a hole in the ground that's like sort of, you know, covered in, in burlap and they're chained in these, in these mikvah baths and he steps on their heads to dunk them. Um, so wow. I, that I was, yeah, I, when, when I saw that, I'm just like, okay, that's impressive. And that's somebody that's done a, at least <clears throat> the bare minimum of research on how to make a Jewish horror movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll say if you're going to make a horror movie about a Jewish holiday, like Hanukkah is, is a great choice because it's not like a very serious holiday. So you can you can do whatever you want and people will be like, oh, like Hanukkah. I think if you made a horror movie called like Yom Kippur, people might be more more like, um, what, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because, yeah, Hanukkah is not actually, you know, high, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. It, it's not oh, yeah. it's not high up on the high holy days. It's it's a celebration, but it's not. Yeah. What else Hanukkah happened in the movie? Were there like any menorahs? A menorah made out of finger bones, which was pretty dope. Um, was it wait, was it a menorah or a Hanukkah? Because the the difference is the menorah is the seven branches that you'll see like more emblematically on like yeah and then the Hanukkah is what most people call a menorah 
which we use now to like light candles. And that has the eight branches. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so it was, a, it was a Harukiya, um, but it was made I out of- I said menorah though, so I'll take the responsibility on that. Yeah, so, all right. <laughs> Anyway, it was made out of finger bones, um, and and that was uh, that was pretty uh, that was also pretty impressive. The woman manages to escape the mikvah um, because the serial killer can't do anything on the Sabbath, so she escapes on Friday night. Okay, so that was also interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a terrible movie, but I, I was impressed that I was like, okay, I was like, okay. Okay. It was was eight days of boobs. Eight days of boobs. A lot of tits. A a lot of tits. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but but that's the slasher way. Like, you know, and so it's just like, okay, this woman, if if this woman exposes her tits, you know, she's going to get the mikvah. (laughs) You know, like in a typical... In Sorry. a typical slasher movie, if the woman shows her tits, you know, like she's going to get like the pitchfork through her spine or she's going to die. Um, but I was just sort of like, yeah, she's going to end up in the mikvah. <laughs> yeah. And then and they and the killer, you know, so Sid Haig as uh, Obadiah Lazarus, that's the name of the serial killer. He he leaves the scar of David on the like bellies of the people that he kills and um I, there was this one scene. I was just like, "Oh, this is terrible!" But um, he's killing them because they're being bad Jews. That's basically the premise of the movie. So this guy comes out on Hanukkah and targets people. This was like an eight-day party that never should have happened, probably. Um, where kills all he kills all the secular Jews, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, okay. and so if they've got tattoos, he's like skinning them of their tattoos. If they're you know defiling their bodies, if there's you know all this other stuff going on. And they, and there's only one observant Jew and he happens to be a black guy. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I also liked when he killed the skinhead and yes. then he killed the skinhead and shaved off the top of his skull and then wore the top of his sc- <laughs> skull as a young guy. That is creative. Yeah. <laughs> Inspired guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. A perfectly valid yarmulke, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, but he took it. He had a uh, swastika tattoo on his skull, so he he oh, skinned yeah. he skinned that the, the top of the skull first, got rid of the swastika, and then put the uh, and then put the top of his skull as a, as a yarmulke, and uh, and then put his his hat on over that. And I was like, all right, all right, yeah. So so thankfully, the Hanukkah is not a high high holiday uh, in the Jewish faith. Or else, you know, this movie wouldn't have gotten made. <laughs> no, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It, I, I thought it, all, all things considered, I, I, I thought that was it was pretty impressive what, what they managed to squeeze in there. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, yeah. I mean, it, you're right, though. I mean, in a, in, a, in a funny way, it was good, but. I didn't think it was scary. I was just kind of like, ugh. <laughs> no, it wasn't scary. It was just a slasher movie. Slasher movies yeah. aren't necessarily scary. You're just you're just going for the gore. Yeah, I mean, it was like you know watching Halloween or watching Friday the Thirteenth. And actually, staff people from those movies were in that movie. Um, so you had whoever made uh, the uh, Friday the Thirteenth soundtrack that contributed, I think, to uh, to the soundtrack there. Yeah, soundtrack and was pretty so, good. And PJ uh, Solis from Halloween was on there. Um, Caroline Williams from Texas Chainsaw Massacre was there. Yep. 
Um, yeah, so you had like a pretty impressive cast of people, you know, involved. But again, not the best storytelling. <laughs> Doesn't have to be. Yeah. For that kind of movie. I mean, it's a Jewish spin on like the classic slasher, you know, spree blitzkrieg killer movie. Yeah. I mean, so if we wanted to shift over to Gollum. Yeah. That movie was good. I thought that was a fantastically done with visually. I thought it was well done. The storytelling I thought was really, really good. Um, that was a 2018 film um, starring Hani Furstenberg and Ishai uh, uh, Golan. And the creators of the film considered this to be the Jewish Frankenstein movie. Right. Which right. I thought was really cool. So basically um, they, they did this because they felt there was no good film since the emperor and the golem uh, came out in 1951, when, which I did not get a chance to, you know, take a look at at least, but it was filmed in the Ukraine near Kiev set in 1673 Lithuania. And the main character creates a, a little mud child that looks like her dead son who kills their village's enemies but also people in the village because um, the golem is something that really can't be totally controlled. It's going to do what it's going to do. Golem's going to do what a golem's going to do. <laughs> so, um, you know, but when I was looking at, at some of this and doing a little bit of research, the thing that um, I thought was an interesting contrast is that, you know, in Christianity, they look at the devil as the source of evil, like, you know, uh, exorcisms are like from demons that came from hell that came from the, from Satan. Whereas, you know, my understanding and Alex, please, this is one of the reasons why you're here. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, sure. but, but in, but in Judaism, there, there is no hell and there is no devil. And if these things exist, it's because God, um, that it's a part of like what God, not what wants, but this is just, it, this, it just is. I don't know. Yeah, I'd say that that's fair. I mean, you could get, I could get real technical because that's my, you know, that's what we love to do. But <laughs> it, it's really that the last bit you said where um, there's a, a, there's a Satan figure and in and, and Hebrew, Satan really just means prosecutor. And it's more like God's angel who is very much a servant of God. And then sometimes the rabbis spoke, speak of a place called Gehenna, which would be considered like the lowest level of heaven. And that too is not gonna be a separate and oppositional place. So that there's no like, there's no like opposition to God in existence in Judaism. Like you said, they these would be tools of God to test and torture his Jewish adherents. Yeah. And, and I think in Christianity and, and Catholicism, there, there was the, you know, turning Gehenna into hell um, when, you know, Gehenna is, is basically just sort of, um, I don't know, uh, like, like, like the dump. <laughs> um, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. it's, it's, it's the dump. Um, but you know, and I have my, my, you know, Catholicism is very much, um, uh, based in fear and, and we've, we've been over, we, we went over this in the Catholicism episode, um, that it, it's fear of women, it's fear of girls com coming into womanhood. And, um, yeah. So, you know, I think uh, like the concept of hell and and Satan um, has been 
turned into something to control. Uh, it's, it's a, you know, it's a means of control. Um, in witchcraft, we actually, we don't believe in hell and we don't believe in a devil um, because they're, they're Christian constructs, basically. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've also um, definitely have witchcraft as part of my practice. Right on. Something uh, from, from, from teen years. I had a friend who was very, very uh, deeply into practicing the craft, as he would say. And he was Jewish also. And he would say that um, when, when he was trying to help people at college, like learn to practice witchcraft, uh, Catholics and Jews were very good with the ritual aspect. <laughs> Absolutely. Like up with rituals. And then he would have more trouble with the Protestants and they would very much want to be told what to do. Like, what do I do? <laughs> so there's a, there's a connection there, I think, of, of enjoying ritual, but wanting it to be freed from these aspects right. of suffering. Personalizing um, your ritual is very uh, much a thing. Um, I, 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 I'm in the, uh, the Cabot tradition of witchcraft. Um, I study with uh, Lori Cabot, who's the uh, official witch of Salem. You, you learn the kind of um, the steps of, of a ritual in order to make it personal for you. Um, you know, however you need to personalize uh, and everything is very personal to you and everything that you ask um, in ritual uh has to be for the greater good and to harm no one right um, yeah yeah and my background if it helps give any kind of you know frame of reference alex is i grew up uh lutheran and buddhist so um it's it's i i tend to take and i've become very accustomed in my life by taking like pieces of things that resonate with me and making it mine. So I'm just like the, whatever, whatever it is, it is, you know, whatever, whatever works for that time, just trying to be, you know, as versatile as I can be for this, you know, as a situation calls for it. So you could say that I believe in nothing or that I believe in everything. <laughs> right. And so, uh, you know, religion is, is, uh, I, you know, and when we did the Catholicism episode, we had a very good friend of mine on uh, Christopher Robichaud, who's um, who uh, teaches at the Kennedy School, but um, he's also he knows quite a bit about Catholicism, uh, as do I. And and so, you know, we were talking about it. And I think I think probably being raised in in uh, Orthodox Judaism is is sort of the sort of the same thing is that um it, it, it creates, I think Catholicism creates uh, theater majors and it creates uh, horror movie fanatics. And sometimes there's that there's that intersection. And that's where I land, um, because uh, if you've been to a Catholic mass, I mean, it's it's musical theater. Um, and and yeah. there's also a fair amount of there's also a fair amount of gore, uh, depending on the churches that you that you've been in. If you've ever been to some of the churches in the North End in, in Boston. Um, that's, uh, I, I'm, that's, I remember, you know, the, the very bloody statues, you know, and if you read live lives of the saints, like lives of the saints, it's, it's sort of like the old Testament too. It's just 
just absolutely horrific uh, the way some of these some of these saints were martyred. Um, and so you see these statues of like, you know, St. Lucy with her eyeballs on a platter, like, like you walk into a church and you can see that like she's standing there with like these eyeballs on a plate. Yeah. And that's a statue. Um, Explain that to the wow. kids. listen yeah catholicism catholicism is some is some gory is some gory shit um and uh yeah so so i i don't alex is there anything like really i mean you know obviously the old testament is a very you know that there anything that happened in the old testament that cuts across both but is there anything in particular in judaism that was like really scary spooky you know, that like that isn't yeah. a problem or a or, you know. So there's a couple stories that I really like um, and that that I think were super questionable for me growing up because God is so very merciless in these stories. Um, and so the rabbis would even have to try to explain to us like how this could be righteous because it was so horrific. Uh, One of them is from one of the books of the prophets. And there's this prophet who is walking basically just like in a random part of wherever he is. It's not super important. And a bunch of children see him and they start to make fun of him and they, they point at him and they laugh and they call him baldy. Like they're making fun of his, him being bald. And so his response is to recite this very long sacred name of God. It's like 46 letters. And then bears come out of the woods and tear these children to shreds and eat them. Full stop. That's the story. <laughs> that's the story. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's like, like a Grimm's fairy tale. I mean, <laughs> we would learn, we learn it in class and then they're like, and, and then, the rabbis have the the thing that's spooky is they they tell you this happened and that it's true and that it was like correct at least at that time and they like try to come up with a reason they're like it's because you really shouldn't be disrespectful guys or (laughs) (laughs) he didn't do it on purpose he just said God's name and it was up to God what happened. So I don't know, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and that happening to children for just being children was pretty, pretty horrific as a story. Um, the did other it one that I really anyone's liked, behavior? Did it make it, did it make anybody behave? Yeah, uh, probably. I think, I think it did. <laughs> I would talk to my friends about that. That was pretty horrific, too. When you'd hear a story so bad like that, and it makes makes me be like, well, okay, come on. I know I have morality, and I'm not going to listen to any explanations that tell me that's okay. And my friends would be like, well, I think it's okay because God did it. And I'm like, now that's spooky. That, that is spooky. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you, should, do you want to hear the other one? Yeah. 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 Tell us the story, oh, Alex. Yeah. The other one is um, the story of. And then he'll Torah. tell us about Jacob and Esau. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> well, yeah. I've already told you about Jacob and Esau. Exactly. Oh, no, but you Alex too. tells it. Uh, wait, well, anyway. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> That was my, that was the Torah portion the last couple of weeks was them. So that was where I was focusing in. But no, this is my favorite one. It's Korach. Uh, And it's when they're in the desert 
the, the, the Israelites or the, the, the Jews are traveling through the desert and um, they've been doing it for a really long time. And theoretically, this is the Sinai Peninsula, which is big, but like not that big. So after like a few years, you think like maybe we're trying to get somewhere we could like probably do something more than follow this like pillar of cloud around if it's not going to take us where we want to go. Like, like, you know, people do cross the Sinai Peninsula all the time earlier in the Torah. Like they're constantly going from like Egypt back up to Israel and then back down. And like, they do a lot of that. It's not a notoriously difficult journey even at that time, but it's taking the Jews like, like years and years and years. So this important guy named Korach is like, Hey, maybe we could vote on who's going to be in charge and where we're all going to go. Right. Like in case we wanted to try a different alternative, long story short, God gets really, really angry at this proposal of democracy. And he's like, Moses is like, he's like, I'm going to kill everyone. And a lot of the desert is, is like the Jews being like, Oh, we don't like wandering in the desert. Like, come on, Moses complaining. And then God being like, Oh my God, I'm going to kill everyone. And then Moses <laughs> is like, don't please, please. Like Moses is pretty cool. Honestly, all he does mostly is pray to God to not kill everyone. When <laughs> He's just old, doing that Old all Testament, the time. Old Testament God is is an angry, jealous God. Yeah, he's he's like very like let's reset. He's he wants to flip the Monopoly board all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so so Moses convinces him not to, and then God's like, fine, have them do this thing where they basically do a vote. It's more like offering incense, but it's very obviously like a biblical vote. And then he's like, all right, have them all vote there and then tell everyone to get away from them, like real far. Just, yeah, make sure you go away from these guys. And then, <laughs> and then once the vote's done, God just sends down like pillars of flame. He opens up the ground. He kills them and all of their families because they were like, we would like some representation. And he's like, here, get represented in the earth. <laughs> <laughs> and that too was when I was like, come on guys, don't you think this it's a little much? And they're like, if God did it, then it must be right. So yeah, those two, those two are my favorite. They're not very well known, so that's why I like to tell them because yeah. everyone's heard of Sodom and Gomorrah. But have you heard of Korah? Because the same thing happened. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, that's a good one that's a good one yeah and and lot's wife turning into a pillar of salt as she looked back right yeah yeah and then immediately afterward you know lot's daughters having sex with their father yeah. after getting him drunk in a, yeah. in a cave dude <laughs> yep you talk about so much sex in the Torah. And, and well, and then, and then, you know, Noah's, Noah's sons, like, uh, find them all, uh, drunken, drunken. It's they it, definitely it's, uncover his nakedness. They, they uncover his nakedness. <laughs> <laughs> Noah became drunk and was, and was sort of, uh, molested by, by Ham. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the, something the a lot of people don't know. Just this week, Reuben has sex with his stepmom. <laughs> 
it's, it's a throwaway too. Like it is just a throwaway line. Yeah. There is no story. It's just like going through and it's just like, and then one day Ruben went and slept with his father's concubine, Bilha. And then it goes, now Jacob had 12 sons and here are the names of his 12 sons. And you're like, wait, wait, no, wait what? that's it. <laughs> that's it. There's not more to that. Like no repercussions. And um, so, yeah, There's a lot of fucking in the Old Testament, I guess. And, and really inappropriate, too. Yeah. So it's so weird that somehow they can they can focus in on these two, just two sentences that have, frankly, extremely vague prohibitions on gay sex. Right. Yep. But like somehow they're not like like there's nothing about you know, Ruben's like stepmom moment, like mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. happening right here. And so they, you know, you know, there's no reason that yeah. everything. No, it's cherry. So it's cherry picking. Yeah. They're so focused on Leviticus that they're not talking about Noah's nakedness being uncovered and, and all this other stuff that, you know, I just don't think people are aware of. Okay. So, so Alex in almost every I, well, I don't know. I guess I've been kind of obsessed with this because one of the things that I learned from Lisa from this podcast is that there is porn for everything. Yes. So mm. is there yeah. Jewish porn? No, that's that was part of my niche. That was part of what I was <laughs> developing. Honestly, it's part of why I am taking a break because the response to the whole like gay rabbi and part of what I did post about this was very much porn. It was on Reddit. And then I posted, and then I did an interview that linked to my YouTube channel and to my Reddit account that okay. had like some porn on it of me. And um, so that, and, and that, that was very much like very soft core, like solo, look, I'm your gay rabbi, like learning the Torah got me horny, look what happened kind of thing. <laughs> and the response, and I made the subreddit called Gay Judaism, where I would post all this, the response was really like not so much num like numerous, but very intense mm -hmm. in in the people I did get. And and part of it, I wasn't that surprised because, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's changed since the last time I've looked, but I don't know that you can find rabbi porn, even the straight type. I don't think you can find gay rabbi porn at all. The closest you're going to come is like if you can find Israeli porn, they'll speak Hebrew. But if you're actually looking for specifically religiously themed Jewish porn, I think like I've never seen it. So I, I, you know, I was getting like a lot more of a response than I thought. Yeah, are you, you know? looking it up? You're looking it up, aren't you? I'm looking up rabbi porn. <laughs> of course you are. Yeah. No, that's the rule. Jewish rabbi porn videos on Pornhub. Well, Pornhub has everything. I'm telling you, if it exists, and this is this, I didn't make this up. This is just a rule. It, it is That's rule 34. Rule 34. If it exists, there's a porn for it. <laughs> but is there? Just jumped right into that rule without. My dude, my dude, there is Bigfoot porn. There is porn but, for everything. But is there, did you find the rabbi porn yet? That's, I don't see anybody looking. Nobody looks like a rabbi in these pictures. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's so wild that's like it's like it's 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 like an exception that proves the rule because it's so weird oh god 
Now, yeah, no. priest porn is definitely a thing. Exactly. Yeah. There's so much oh, of wait it. A minute. Mormon porn. So it, <laughs> Alex, like, did you yeah. ever think that you're going to be talking to two women going, wait, hold on, let me see if there really is. No, I got happen. I got a picture here. I got a picture here. If I uh, if I show my screen, give me a second here and I'll I'll show you what I'm no. talking about. I'm no, no, no. Listen, you got to you got to no, see no. this. I'm showing I'm showing my my second I'm showing my second uh my second screen here. There you go. You see that? Yeah. That's good. <laughs> that's good. But I mean, that and there you go. You you found like I found it. Listen, my yeah, dude, if I, if it's, it's there, great. I will find it. Try try a gay rabbi porn. All right, hang on. My God, we're going to get so much hate from this uh, episode. I'm kind of looking <laughs> Well, that's why you have the gay rabbi here. Yeah, gay <laughs> rabbi porn. Oh, my God. That's some gay rabbi porn. Wow. You did. You found some. Listen, Jewish Passover couch fuck it's, with two It's stones. Jewish. It's Jewish. That's for sure. Yeah. Hey. Oh, good for them. Hey. Get some. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. You yeah. can at least see it's like an underserved niche compared to other religiously oriented porn. I, yeah, I listen, that looks pretty. That looks pretty that. gay rabbinical porn to me. Uh, I mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, you know, I, rabbi and escort spy cam. That guy's cute. My goodness. <laughs> I, so yeah, I, I have I have found it because that is my gift in this world. That is that is my gift. They so, look like nice boys. They look like nice Jewish boys. They didn't. They're having a good time. <laughs> it wasn't so, particularly Jewish looking. No, they weren't. They weren't. <laughs> but you know, it's 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 probably a new you know it's a new thing. It's 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 new territory. They're figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a. I think it's a testament to how good the Jewish community is at at keeping a hold on the respect, even after you leave. Like like me calling myself a rabbi really bothered a bunch of my friends who supposedly are like big rebels, but they felt like I was like maybe going to do a disservice to real gay Orthodox rabbis who are really trying to do good things. And these are supposedly people who are like, you know, like the most liberal queer identified, like fight the power types, but they still have this ingrained like respect for sure. these, like, like this position of like, you're not a real rabbi and stuff. And I'm like, what's a real rabbi? Like rabbi means right. teacher. Yep. Yep. Everything else is just some dudes who wanted to consolidate their power from this religious tradition. So it's like, Everyone calls themselves a rabbi, like rabbi, if they want to, and they'll find rabbis of a different denomination. Well, this is this is my new denomination of gay Orthodox Judaism. I'm the first rabbi, and you know, I at least know enough to be convincing. And that's what was <laughs> what was really wilding me out is that I was being convincing. I was getting like people who would watch my videos every day. And they would message me and like some really graphic sexual stuff about how I'm their like hot rabbi and they couldn't wait to this, 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 and this. And, <laughs> and it was, I was like, oh, this is gonna, this is gonna like be a real thing. Like if I, if I keep doing this, it's gonna become huge. So I kind of, I've left all the content there. I've backed off of it for a while. But I'm just leaving it there because it's it's there and it's been said and I think it speaks for itself. 
and it's very highly concentrated. And so I'm just giving it a little more time to, because the realism in it is, I think, what it, like I'm not an actor doing rabbi porn. I'm like, tr like trying to adopt both the identity of rabbi and like dudes posting his dick pic on on Reddit. Uh, Alex, I don't even consider what you're doing to be pornographic, though. I they certainly do. Well, <laughs> just because you have like tits or a vagina or a penis on a screen, it doesn't or in or in a painting or something like that. I don't think that necessitates, you know, the need to call it pornography it's a it's the human body it's a well no but art. one person's art is another person's porn that's yeah. yeah and and i think when i when i send them videos of me like jerking off to completion that's fairly <laughs> pornographic also. well, well that, that might be a little <laughs> well, that's onanism young man <laughs> that's that was why they liked it so much <laughs> Exactly because it was onanism. Like some, I have a post up that's like, "Hey, did you know? Like, there's this story about how like you're not allowed to jerk off and blah blah blah, and and it's because they spilled their seed on the ground. Well, their problem was they should have done it on their stomach like this, and yeah. then like the accompanying picture is <laughs> as illustrative. Long, as long as it's not on the ground, it can be, it can be down someone's throat. It can, it can, yeah. yeah. It you want to hear on... the wildest thing I did? Sure. So um, the last thing I did was on Facebook and I was starting to experiment with nudity filters, like moderation for nudity on Facebook and Instagram and stuff. Right. Um, because sometimes things I would make would be removed for, for like sexual content and then far more sexual things wouldn't be. So I managed to post a dick picture on Facebook by putting like in my story by putting a like a like a smiley face icon right in the middle of the shaft so it wouldn't be like picked up as much <laughs> by the nudity filter and it was there for like a whole day and a half and it was the most popular story I had ever posted 71 people looked at that and like Otherwise, I would get maybe nine people looking at my story. And I only have like 400 friends. So it's so it's a pretty good. That's um, a good chunk. ratio. And yeah. So many people from my high school looked at it. So many like important <laughs> figure, like just the most surprising names. And these people apparently don't know that once they click that story, I get to see that they have decided to look at it. And the thing about the story is, is you can see like when it's just in the story, you can see like 10 pixels. That's like probably my, you know, the tip of my penis. And the other thing is I've been posting like in my stories before that only like almost naked pictures of me, like every other one, I would like fully cover it or crop it. So it's just my torso. So it's not new that my story is like this. So they, I just see that every person who did that was like, I need, like, I need to enhance, enhance, zoom in. What is that? <laughs> oh my, it's his penis. And it's like, you knew that you clicked on it. <laughs> you like, you like absolutely could have avoided it. And I noticed there were some people who did avoid it. Like people I knew, basically like my lesbian friends, they avoided it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> 
but all like my religious married <laughs> friends from high school they were like click click, click. i went straight for the dick straight for the yeah. dick <laughs> and that was a little bit my like final performance it was showing them that like see like because they, they would like ignore my post otherwise i wouldn't get a lot of interaction from like normal like look me and my husband making thanksgiving dinner they'd be like boring and then i'm like fine my actual dick and everyone's click 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 <laughs> and so then i told them all about it and then i'm like peace out i'm gonna go get even hotter and then i'll come back and then you know because like i said like i agree with you because it's not like I'm looking for some sort of objective level. It's really just like, I want to be a really good dancer. And that takes a lot of strength and flexibility and focus. So it's really more about like, I need to do more like yoga, and ballet and all this stuff. That's not like being a gay rabbi porn star, which was going to be like some, this, this random dude found my YouTube videos. And then he sent me his unpublished memoirs and a check for a thousand dollars. Like, completely unprompted but he was like totally totally like very old lonely like oh. not quite all there guy who would leave these long rambling posts oh about my. like my butthole and his butthole on my facebook and nobody would say anything and i contacted his family and they were like oh yeah he does that <laughs> like, like <laughs> He sent us a check for 5000 last year, but we didn't deposit it. So, like, I didn't deposit it, but I was like, oh, my God. So much is happening that I wasn't expecting. I'm going to I'm going to go back to focusing on dancing in my underwear. Yeah, I kind of want to see the butthole poem, though, if there's because. I can like I have a lot of screenshots. I would um, love to do a dramatic reading of these butthole poems. Sometimes. Alex, I I can imagine somebody who is like as you know out there as you are must meet like all sorts of interesting individuals. It was it was really becoming that like like I'm not good at ignoring people. Yeah. I think I'll never be famous because when like I can't be like you're like a sad person who won't help me with my fame so I don't care about you like I'm I'm more like oh like you need help I can help like I'm good at helping people yeah. so what I realized is like if I didn't if I didn't step back I was going to be inundated because I was starting to like get lots of people being like hey I have a question about my conversion. Can you help me like with this, this uh-huh. actual rabbinical? And I could, like I had a really good answer for him. And then I was like, oh my God, the world is only full of these people. And yeah, there's an endless number of things I could be doing online, but I think I really want to be a dancer. And I want to like, at least Maybe focus you need an agent. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, so that's the break. You hire someone to do that that moral work for you to, or to kind of be like somebody who does the vetting for you of who you respond but, to or a publicist or something. But then what, what if I miss an important person? Because like my agents, poems. You, yeah, you know? like he, he, it's not like, <laughs> it's like, I'm super, I'm so interested in humanity and I'm not sure that celebrity is, especially if you're like a dancer and you're doing it with your body. And like, I'm not sure if that, that turns into like security. So let's, so let's get to the butthole poem. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. I keep like, um, sorry. Like, let's, I keep needing to look it up on my phone. Search Google images for butthole. Now we're, right? now we're getting back to the horror here. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Just to stay on theme a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. 
So the possession. Oh, I'm yeah. just going through the screenshots. Yeah, you no, you, you yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, possession yeah. while, while Alex here yeah. looks up the butthole poem. Yep. So possession in 2012, where Modest Yahoo does an exorcism on a girl that is possessed by a divic that is uh, in her. There's this box um, that, that came from Poland and it, the name of the divic's name is I'm really sorry, Alex. I am not uh, the best pronouncer. Some of these things, Ab, Ab, Abizon, Abizon, Abazu, Abizu. Sure. <laughs> that is the Divik's name. <laughs> and um, yeah, so the box comes from Poland and is the taker of children. And this movie uh, was directed by Ole Bornadal. Uh, produced by Sam Raimi, Robert Taper, and J.R. Young, written by Juliet Snowden and Stills White, um, and stars Jeffrey D. Morgan, Kira Sedgwick. Uh-huh. Ooh. Yeah. Good, That's a good cast. Yeah, it is a good cast. And, and the, the movie itself, was, I thought, was pretty good. Um, but uh, some funny things happened on the set, which I thought was interesting. So besides, you know, Modesty Apple doing The Exorcism, um, the director said that he stood under a neon light and it spontaneously exploded and it wasn't even lit. So it was like all of a sudden that exploded and then all of their props um, after they wrapped uh, burned up in a fire in Vancouver. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Five days after it wrapped. So that's creepy. And that so is creepy. That is creepy. So this movie, I don't know. I don't know if, if, uh, evil spirits or what, but the, the director was basically like spooked legitimately. By okay. The- okay. That's fair. Yeah. Maybe that's why there's not like more Jewish. Maybe when you make Jewish horror movies, stuff happens and everyone's like, Oh, <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's like Raiders of the Lost Ark. You don't, you don't fuck with, you know, you don't, you don't fuck with the sacred. Your face will melt off. Or I found a poem. Oh, great. So the context is that I put it on, I had a, a selfie of me um, with no shirt on in like a sauna. So it's like wooden background. And I'm mm. just kind of like taking a selfie. And it just says like selfie while you still can. That's sort of a little bit of dark pandemic humor. Sure. Uh, and this was like a while ago. And so he was like going through my old photos and found this. And this inspired this comment, which begins with my name. Um, Alexander Richet, take a selfie of your hard dick. Become part of the living and not the dead. I have a really good looking butthole, if I may say so. My hole is really, really sweet looking. It has no hair alignment. It has perfect symmetry with no fissures. And the outer rim of my orifice has just the right shade of light pink brown. I wish to apologize if it is too much information. And I also wish to apologize if it is not enough. Oh. Well then. That's probably one of the more short and lucid comments that he left on my Facebook. Listen, that, yeah. that, that's, that's a thing of beauty, man. Yeah. And, and um, so 
He, he apparently has also mentioned that he posts his butthole pics on Facebook, but has been banned for doing so. So he doesn't do that. That's anymore. a damn shame because the world needs <laughs> to see like the 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 what is it about the hairs are like eight and it's perfect symmetry. What what's what what is it about the butthole hairs? My hole is really really sweet looking. It has no hair alignment. Oh, alignments with no fissures. I don't actually know what hair alignment was supposed to be. Yeah, like what what is hair alignment on your butt? That's what makes it so poetic, right? Like it's, it's, it's some of it makes sense and the rest of it is not. Um, he says on another comment, yes, you can't post your dick pictures or your a-hole pics on Facebook. When I did, I got suspended for several weeks. <laughs> So, so, um, that, that, like I started, started like, that was so much more. I was expecting like maybe some people to be like, Oh, hot. And then, and then I would get guys who are like, I'm the only gay person I, I ever know. And I wish you would be my husband. And like, I'm like, Oh, so like, it would be like these like few people just getting very intensely attached to me, which is part of why you saw the video, the, my last videos, I left my number because like, I like, okay, I've, I've accidentally collected like eight to 10 people who might like be really sad if I disappear. So here, you can contact me if you really need to, but I'm gonna, like, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm not careful, I'm gonna have like a whole address book of, full of people who like call me their rabbi and ask me their questions. And, and it turns out that was a cool idea, but I actually wanted to practice dance a lot yeah. more. Well, I'm, <laughs> Maybe later. I'm happy that you, um, because I, I, you were like ready to like cut off all content creation, social media yeah. connection. You almost didn't come on today. I was like, are you sure? Because we did the research. And yeah, I felt bad. You on. I was like, oh, it's not. Oh, we don't want to pressure anybody. <laughs> we're not that kind no, of podcast. Okay. She absolutely did not. Don't worry. All right. There's no, no pressure. No, and, and I and I'm not sure what you um, what you were like. I don't know if you like knew like what we were about or, you know, I mean, like, obviously, anybody who is on this podcast, if they're doing something out there in the world worth promoting, we promote them, you know, so, you know, we we want to offer that up too. you know, I'm really glad I came on. I'm super glad you reached out and and. And, you know, I mean, that's why I left the number. I was like, if anyone really needs to get to me, they can. Yeah. And you're the only ones, by the way. Oh. <laughs> you well, are, we, you are the like, only person. We like to think oh. that even though we're a horror movie podcast, that, that we, we give good conversation. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I haven't I, had such a good conversation in a long time. Well, I'm, okay. I'm, Thank you. That's a, that is actually high praise. I was actually very impressed. I was like, you know what? I knew this guy had a story. I knew there was something going on with, with all of this. Cause I, I see like the dancing and I was like, he's a very articulate speaker with this like Torah talks that he's doing, even if it is like raunchy and, you know, very dirty, um, which I, you know, of course goes along with anything that we do. <laughs> but, um, but I was like, there's some, there's more to it. Um, and I'm glad that we got to hear more of your story. The way of faith is built. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> There's, you know, so that's why it's, it's there. You know, I didn't, I didn't like delete everything. I just I, realized I'd created, like, I like to go on social media as like an art object for a little while. And I created something like a whole 
like this, this, these various things. And you should, my LinkedIn has a lot of it too. So it's, it's really permeated through. And it's kind of like a coming attraction. It's like a preview for a movie that might come out in six months. So this being, you know, this being my, like a last interview before I really, you know, just leave everything that's there as it is. So what I've done is pretty much deleted all these social media apps from my phone. So I don't know what it's going to look like when I get back because I can still get messages and comments and, and stuff. But the nice thing, at least about posting like dirty pictures on Facebook is they delete them for you really thoroughly. <laughs> eventually, <laughs> Something eventually triggers them to go through all your stories and your profile and then like remove everything. But I will tell you this for some reason, Facebook kept threatening to ban my posts and Instagram kept threatening to delete my account when like I would not cover myself enough in my stories, but they never ever did. Mm. It was always an empty threat. And that's what was really interesting is it was. And so I'm really personally interested in these moderated systems, you know, going back to my political science background, like I'm really into how there's sort of like, you don't know how these teams work, what they prioritize you know, when things get, you know, trigger more of a human review and when they don't. I think that's going to be a big thing coming up in the next few years. Oh, definitely. Hard right turn into politics. But I think social media is like completely opaque due process process is is making people wonder if, if that's where we want to have, like, if that's where the control is. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um I, I do hope you you uh, you you watch uh, Hanukkah this weekend because it's a <laughs> it's a pretty interesting yeah, movie. Well, it's coming it's coming up uh, what on the tenth Thursday what? the tenth Hanukkah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It was an interesting interesting twist on the slasher uh, on the slasher movie. Are we no, going back? Are we going back to talking about Christmas movies in the next? Uh, episode? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just want to say definitely see Gollum on Netflix if you haven't seen Gollum already. I thought that was really really if you it was worth a watch. And if you get a chance to see Possession, um, they've got a pretty you know good cast in that. And I thought the storytelling was pretty good there too. Um, and yes, I, I do believe we're going to be talking about Christmas the next episode. And so I forgot we're not live because I would do all of my stuff live. So anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Um, it was really nice to be a guest and I, I highly recommend it to anyone else who's considering it. Yeah. If you, uh, you, you don't even, listeners. yeah, you don't even have to necessarily like horror. We've had some people who, you know, aren't as, you know, aren't as versed in the genre as, as Yin and I are, um, you know, you can, you can always find something to talk about. Yeah. Uh, and if, and if you guys see Alex, the gay rabbi dancing, doing his thing, uh, please take into consideration that Alex does not keep the money for himself. So if you do tip him, know that it's uh, going to, you know, out there uh, to good causes. So, yes. But yeah. if you're going to hand me something, Make it like more than a dollar because I won't take a dollar. Five or more. Five or more, yeah. guys. Five or more. I'm busy. No, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and it used to be that like because I'm in spots that um, you know, homeless people will be will use. And I used to volunteer at the homeless shelter. So I, I, I wanted them to be on my side. 
So that's why I'm, I'm, I would be like, oh, hey, and, and they very quickly become on my side once they realize, like, I'm going to help them out and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let Alex live. Let him dance, man. Let him dance. <laughs> Please just don't call the cops. Um, you can beep, though. Lots of people beep. I can somehow have a sixth sense for the difference between a friendly beep and an angry beep. So just friendly beep and I'll know. Toot, toot. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, um, so you don't have really anything to promote other than the stuff that's already up there. So check it out. Um, I, uh, we don't, are we going to do another live movie night soon? I think we are. I thought we talked about Black Christmas. Yeah, we're going to watch, yeah, Black Christmas. We do, uh, we do live movie nights, uh, ever so often where we watch, uh, we do a Zoom live and our, some of our, some of our listeners join us and we watch a movie live. It's fun. People who are listening, you know, to check us out on the social media. Um, the only thing I have to promote, and I don't know when it's happening, but uh, I did some recording last weekend uh, doing percussion for the Daylilies uh, local band. Daylilies record coming out. Uh, I'm on conga and bongos and kibasa, all kinds of noise making things. So I recorded that. That was fun. Uh, Yin, you got anything to pimp out? I do. So I began my first Friday Mama Talks um, on Zoom, where I am a, Alex, I'm a doula. I am a massage therapist and a a hypnobirthing childbirth educator. And, um, you know, my, my, my thing is, you know, making sure that moms have or expectant moms have as much information as they can have to be empowered while they're in the delivery room. Um, and so I began these first Friday talks starting, uh, this past Friday, they haven't quite taken traction yet, but, um, these things take time. So I'm going to be doing it again, uh, the first Friday in January, if it's not a new year's Eve or new year's day. Right on. So, uh, that's, uh, stuff that's happening. Um, you can like us on the social media. We, uh, we are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook and, uh, of course, the, the biggest way you can help us is, uh, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, is to uh, give us that uh, five-star review if you feel so inclined. And, uh, you know, maybe leave us a nice review. Helps with the algorithms. Um, but the best way that you can help us is to tell your friends to listen. And uh, thanks, uh, Alex, for joining us. And uh, everybody, so uh, yeah, yeah, everyone, uh, stay scary. Stay scary. There's a monster in the house. There's a monster in the house. There's a monster.